0: Welcome to Since You Asked with Jim Barrier on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Send Jim your questions about the Bible and Christianity to jim at cgmradio.com. Subscribe to Since You Asked by visiting us online at cgmradio.com slash ask. And now, here's your host, Jim Barrier. Last week, we began looking at the spiritual law of sowing and reaping. Galatians chapter 6 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for whatever a person sows, this he will also reap. Now, this is not just a New Testament concept. The Old Testament often spoke about this. Proverbs 11 says, A wicked person earns deceptive wages, but one who sows righteousness gets a true reward. Proverbs 22 says, One who sows injustice will reap disaster, and the rod of his anger will fail. One who is generous will be blessed, because he gives food to the poor. And the prophet Hosea says, Sow for yourselves justice, reap in accordance with mercy. You have plowed wickedness, and you have harvested injustice. So how does this sowing and reaping thing work in our life of faith? in being a believer. Someone said, You can't appreciate the good news until you understand the bad news. So, let's begin with the bad news. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death. This is bad news because Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now some say that we are all guilty because Adam sinned. This is a misunderstanding of Romans chapter 5, which explains that sin came through Adam and justification came through Christ. The false conclusion is that we are all guilty for Adam's sin. If that were so, then we would all be justified in Jesus Christ. And this leads to universalism, which just says that Everyone is saved. They tend to skip verse 12 in Romans 5, which says, Just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, so death spread to all mankind because all sinned. All are guilty because all have chosen to sin. Just like we must all choose to accept Christ's atonement for our sins. Each person makes a choice. Ezekiel 18 addresses this. The prophet says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, What do you people mean by using this proverb about the land of Israel, saying, The fathers eat sour grapes, and the children's teeth have become blunt? As I live, declares the Lord, you certainly are not going to use this proverb in Israel anymore. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. The soul who sins will die. He expounds on this. If a man practices righteousness, he will live. But if he has a son who does not live according to God's ways, he will die. Likewise, if that son has a son who practices righteousness, his son will live. And then Ezekiel says at verse 20 of chapter 18, The person who sins will die. A son will not suffer the punishment for the father's guilt, nor will the father suffer the punishment for the son's guilt. The righteousness of the righteous be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked be upon himself. The prophet is declaring that we cannot blame anyone else. I die Because of my own sin, and no one dies because of my sin. Now, we are a triune being created in the image of God. We are body, soul, and spirit. And death is threefold physical, psychological, and spiritual. Physically, we suffer illness, we become weaker with age, and eventually our body dies. Our soul suffers from guilt, anxiety, fear, and the like. We are mentally and emotionally broken because of sin. And sin separates us from God. We are spiritually dead until we are born again. We have all sinned and we all die. That is sowing and reaping. Well, I'll bet you're ready for some good news now. Last week, I mentioned Sir Isaac Newton. He is credited with discovering, or at least defining, the law of gravity. I've heard people say, no one can defy the law of gravity. Well, that's not entirely accurate. Newton was also the first person to establish a theory of air resistance. Then along the way, others perfected the laws of aerodynamics until... In 1903, the Wright brothers made their historic flight, defying the law of gravity by use of a higher law, aerodynamics. In Romans 7, Paul bemoans being trapped by the law of sin. Oh, who will set me free? he cries. But in chapter 8, he rejoices, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. We are lifted by a higher law. Romans 10:9 says this: This is the word of faith that we preach, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and Billy Graham's favorite verse, John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Now that's good news. In Romans 4, Paul quotes Genesis chapter 15, which says Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. We are all saved by faith, he says. Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9 say, For by grace you have been saved through faith, And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. We are saved from sin by faith in the atoning work of Christ on the cross. Believe and be saved. That is sowing and reaping. But that doesn't mean that we can remain in sin. Paul asks, Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who have died to sin still live in it? The angel told Joseph, You shall name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. We are saved from sin. After Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, which says we are not saved by works, verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God ordained that we should walk in them. We are not saved by works, we are saved for good works. Listen to these if-then statements by Jesus. If you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in His love. If you love me, You will keep my commandments. If we are saved, our lives will demonstrate change. That is sowing and reaping. But being saved by faith also doesn't mean that we are perfect or sinless. 1 John 1 says If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His word is not in us. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And, if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins. Three things here. First, we must admit that there are times when, even as Christians, we fail to measure up to a perfect standard. Second, the goal is that we should not sin. And third, if we do sin, we must confess it, and he will forgive us. If we confess our sins, he will forgive us. That is sowing and reaping. When you confess your sin, and God forgives you and cleanses you, it produces confidence in your prayer life. Hebrews 10 says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh and since we have a great priest over the house of god let us approach god with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water and first john again if our heart does not condemn us we have confidence before god and whatever we ask we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. So there are conditions. James says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all generously without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. That person ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. Jesus told his disciples, Whatever you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive it all. We must pray with faith. And again in 1 John, If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that he hears us in whatever we ask. We know that we have the requests which we have asked from him. We must pray according to his will. But what if I don't know what is according to his will? Well, Romans 8 says, In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know what to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart's knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So, if my heart is right before God, I will ask for the right things. If I ask the Spirit, he will help me to pray the right thing. If I ask for the right things, he will listen. If I have faith, he will answer. That is sowing and reaping and you should be lavish in your prayer. 2 Corinthians 9 says, The one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the one who sows generously will also reap generously. Luke 6, Give, and it will be given to you. they will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For by your standard of measure it will be measured to you in return. In the parable of the sower, the seed that fell on good ground yielded fruit, some thirty, some sixty, some a hundred fold. The good ground is a good and honest heart. There is no limit to what God can do if we will come to Him in faith, with a clean heart, praying according to His will, led by His Spirit, without holding back. We can even pray for a whole nation. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. That is sowing and reaping. Now all this business about sowing and reaping has an obvious understanding. Whatever seeds you sow, they will reap a harvest. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul gets specific. I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the desire of the flesh is against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, in order to keep you from doing whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, The deeds of the flesh are evident, which are sexual immorality, impurity, indecent behavior, idolatry, witchcraft, hostilities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, fractions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, And things like these, of which I have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That is sowing and reaping. Then, after sharing the bad news, he presents the good news. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, Self-control. Against such things there is no law. That is sowing and reaping. This is followed in chapter 6 with the line we started this with. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap destruction from the flesh. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. That is sowing and reaping. This is Jim Barrier on Since You Asked, encouraging you to sow seeds that will reap a harvest of eternal life. since you ask is a production of Jim Barrier and Cross Global Media visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com/ask